Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 36 Welcome Home March 30th, 2006 The old corded phone in the kitchen rang three times on that warm Saturday morning before M managed to pick it up. Hello, she said in a pleasant voice. M was in her mid-thirties. She was not particularly slender, but she was beautiful nonetheless, and somehow always managed a sunny disposition. She had shoulder-length dark brown hair, a very pretty round face, and hazel eyes. For the most part, she dressed fairly conservatively, with a very modern Aunt Bee sense of style. She always wore an apron when she cooked, and liked flowing country-style dresses that were pretty, but did very little in way of flattering her shapely body. Sometimes, when she would go out with Henry for an evening or to a party, she would dress for the occasion. For these events, she would wear a nice, not entirely unform-fitting skirt and a blouse, or even a pair of blue jeans and a button-up shirt, and if she were feeling particularly well about the way she was looking, she would even leave a couple buttons undone. She had been baking a cake when the phone started to ring, taking it out of the oven, actually. It was a simple white cake, because that was Dorothy's favorite. M always looked at a white cake with a slight sadness. So plain, she always thought. But it was for Dorothy, and that thought always made her smile. Henry was out in the shop the day it happened. Working on the old truck was not his favorite thing in the world, but it was taking up space, and he refused to sell a vehicle that did not work. Dorothy had spent the morning cleaning her room as the stereo blared her favorite music. She had a rather eclectic taste in tunes. Even though it was just barely in her time, she had a soft spot for generic 90s rock. She loved the gin blossoms and deep blue something, but always enjoyed the more intellectual 90s fare, such as counting crows and primitive radio gods. She loved a niche of 80s music as well, comprised almost exclusively of Depeche Mode and The Cure. But really, not much more of that era. On occasion, she listened to the screaming sounds of bands like Skin Lab and Dry Kill Logic, or even Slipknot, if she was looking for the more popular fare. But only when M and Henry were out of earshot, as they did not approve of such things. Her taste in current music, 
that of 2006, was mostly the silly poppy sounds of Cobra Starship. She could not help but smile whenever she listened to them. M would ask her from time to time how a six-year-old could have such bizarre tastes, and Dorothy would simply shrug and say something like, I don't know. I just do. Henry had always called her an old soul. Six years going on thirty, he would say with a laugh. Today, however, it was no longer six going on thirty. It was seven. Not only was it Dorothy's seventh birthday, but it was the day that her mother was finally going to return to her. After years of fighting the addiction and getting the help she'd so desperately needed, she was finally coming back for her daughter. It was more than that, really. She was buying a house, just a few miles away, in fact. She would not be able to regain custody right away, but she would be closer, and Dorothy could see her on a regular basis. Audrey had lived a rather minimalist life over the last four years, and it was all for one thing. One person. Her daughter. Audrey used what was left of the money from the sale of her and Ian's home, the sale of her new smaller home along with the money from Ian's insurance policy, the one that was supposed to last them fifteen years, to purchase a nice house in Sterling, Kansas. The thought was, if she were near M and Henry, she would be able to stay sober easier and see Dorothy more eventually getting her daughter back. Once Dorothy got her room cleaned, she spent the rest of the morning arranging and rearranging everything. She placed her favorite books prominently on her bookshelf. She rearranged the posters on her walls so that the crazy hair of Robert Smith was the first thing someone would see upon entering. She placed her favorite knickknacks strategically throughout the room, on the dresser beside her bed, she set a photo of her at two years old being held by Ian with smiles on both their faces while Audrey hurried to get into the photo, thus causing her to be slightly blurry. Her mother was going to be staying here for a week until the paperwork on her new house was finalized, and all these meticulously placed items were arranged in a way that would be sure to spark conversation and allow the two of them to bond and regain that mother-daughter relationship Dorothy so desperately wanted. M hung up the phone as tears streamed from her eyes. She fell to the floor as she cried quiet, wheezy cries. One hand covered her mouth as the other held herself up. Fighting for composure, she found herself gasping in short breaths until she was finally able to calm down. She slowly stood up and wiped the tears from her eyes as she made her way to the kitchen sink. She splashed her face with cold water and looked out the window. She looked across the yard at the workshop building, just staring at the door. She was hoping Henry would walk out and come back in so she would not have to go out and get him. Luck was not on her side.
Dorothy sat down at the kitchen table at the request of M and Henry, who sat across from her. M had a solemn look on her face, and Henry looked unusually sad as well. Dorothy, M said, breaking the unbearably thick silence, filling the sweet, cake-scented room. It's about your mother. She swallowed, and the silence returned. Dorothy knew exactly what was going on here. Her mother was not coming back. Her rehab did not take, and she had chosen alcohol over her own daughter once again. There was no other explanation for this sit-down conversation that started with the words, It's about your mother. Tears ran down M's face as she tried not to cry. Dorothy felt a lump rising in her throat and tears forming in her own eyes. M wiped her eyes once more and opened her mouth, but shut it again at the behest of Henry's large, calloused hand resting gently on her shoulders. Your mother, Henry said, rubbing his eyes, more from exhaustion than tears and sadness before looking into Dorothy's. He took a deep breath. Passed away this morning. Dorothy looked at him. What? She could not believe what she was hearing. She did not believe what she was hearing. There was no way this was true. No possible way this was true. Henry continued. A grain truck blew through an intersection on first. Right by Tim's tire shop. After he said it, he realized Dorothy did not need the specifics of the location. In fact, he felt bad for telling her and forcing that knowledge into her head. Dorothy began gasping for air. She clawed at the collar of her shirt as though it was trying to strangle her. She stood up, and the world began moving in slow motion. Her chair flung backward, tipping, and hitting the floor with a loud, echoing thud. Her breath was loud in her ears, and her heartbeat was even louder. She saw M and Henry getting up and talking, but their voices were drowned out by the sound of her own panicked body. Dorothy stumbled as she ran from the house. Once she got outside, the world became unrecognizable. The fresh air seemed pungent, the birds fell silent, and the colors all faded away into one colorless blur. She did not remember running. She did not know how she managed to make it so far away from the house when she found herself sitting under a lonely tree atop a hill in the middle of the pasture. Her breathing had normalized, her heart rate slowed, and her vision came back along with the colors. She sat in silence, staring off into the distance. She looked up to the pretty blue sky, speckled with small clouds here and there, and wiped the tears away once more. Why? She screamed at the top of her lungs. 
Why are you so fucking mean? Out of all the people in the world. All the people that don't have anyone. All the people that would go unnoticed and unmissed. All the old people that have already lived full lives. Why? Why did you have to take my mom? My mom. She began to sob. Why are you so fucking mean? Why did you have to take someone who was so loved, who worked so hard to be a good person? Fuck you. Fuck you, you pompous, self-righteous God. I hate you so much. If you're up there, I just want you to know that I fucking hate you so much right now. Up to this point in her life, Dorothy was not prone to swearing and cursing. She was certainly not prone to taking the Lord's name in vain, and she was definitely not one to question the ways of whatever powers might be. She sat in silence, waiting for some kind of response. But all she got was a gentle breeze making waves in the tall grass that covered the field in front of her. Off in the distance, she saw M and Henry's house. She began to cry a little more, not at the thought of her mother never returning to her, but at the thought that when she returned to the house, she would be home. The day Audrey Gale died was up to that point the worst day of Dorothy Gale's life. Since then, Dorothy has landed in Oz. She has come face to face with wild beasts, evil creatures, been abused physically and mentally, seen innocent lives taken for simply being kind, met a not-so-benevolent fraudulent wizard, tasked with nearly impossible tasks, held captive by a witch, violated by winged monkeys, and risked her life countless times. All this, and her journey, was not even half over. The day Audrey Gale died was no longer the worst day of Dorothy Gale's life. It did not even register in the top five. <laughs>